When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Kidder Street Noise. Four games into this new era, four wins, top of the league and through to the next round of the cup. Rob. How are we feeling? Unbelievable. Well, I weren't feeling unbelievable yesterday. I were a bit rough. Uh, obviously, had a few drinks after the game on Sunday to <sighs> celebrate. I mean, the weather didn't help. The weather would just crying out to go to a beer garden and get a few nice pints, weren't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, another fantastic result. Another like different performance um, compared to the last two league games as well. Almost like it were a proper battle on Sunday, weren't it? Yeah, obviously, I think the, the weather had an impact on that, didn't it? it um, stifled the game at times. And, and obviously, you've got to uh, take into account the opposition. We knew they were going to come here and try to stop us playing. Um, but yeah, I, I thought we we handled um, we handled it brilliantly. Um, and, and you also had the, the issue of... Um, you know the the injury problems in the uh, in the defence, so you know you know Pickering playing uh, centre half weren't ideal. Obviously, you know, you know we said in the uh, the podcast after the Hartlepool game um, that we uh, we won't want Pickering uh, playing centre half against West Brom, but no. needs must. But um, yeah, they, they handled it brilliantly. I thought. Yeah, I said last week that I won't. Like previewing the West Brom game, I said I couldn't see us getting in behind, and I couldn't see them causing us problems. And I think the the two goals we scored are obviously two pieces of individual brilliance. Um, the first goal, Burton, is just like I said he just keeps getting better, and every time you think, oh, he's he's got better, he's reached his peak, he just seems to like surprise you every week. Yeah. He just keeps improving, keeps improving. Um, the Gallagher goal again is another great finish, and West Brom's goal it's a it's a deflected. I don't think anyone created. Probably a, a clear cut chance where they probably deserved to win the game. You know, there, there, was, there was that one save from uh, Kaminsky, weren't it, towards the end? Where, yeah, where, you know, uh, it was a bit hot in my mouth, weren't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, um, K- Kaminsky, is, for me, is the best keeper in the Championship. Um, probably so far already this season, he's probably won us four points. The, the tip onto the crossbar against QPR and that save again on Sunday. There's probably four points yeah. to it. I think over the season, he probably gains you 20, 25 points and he doesn't ever make a mistake where you think, oh, that's three points dropped because of him. Um, so, yeah, I think it's easier as well when you're constantly facing shots and you're constantly making saves and you're coming out for crosses because you're always switched on. But to have 70 minutes where you're not really doing anything, mm. but then that one moment where you need to make a crucial save and you're switched on, and it probably weren't easy for him. He's wearing an all-black kit 
on a day when that's Sunday night. Whoever made that decision needs to seriously have a word of themselves. I mean, surely they've got like a highlight kit or a yellow kit or something. I know yeah. they were playing yellow and green, but like, you know, like the, the highlight green one we had the other year, that surely been a lot better on it. Like, yeah. Who's, who's oh, Thomas, I've, I brought your all black kit today for you to wear. Oh, cheers, pal. <laughs> It's bad and rossy now. <laughs> oh yeah, just stood in front of Blackburn and sweating yeah. into his bowl. Yeah, but yeah, they were um, it were a good game, good battle. Um, I mean, it, it, it was quite nasty at times. Uh, Travis got booked for a, for quite a bad tackle. Buckley got booked for a, like a little niggly foul. Um, but we knew how they were going to come. They were going to come and try and wind us up and be solid and be organised. And they were for the first half. And it, like I said, it just took a moment of brilliance from there. Uh, from Diaz to give us a lead at half time yeah I think um, when it did start to get a bit nasty I think again like, a lot of that was tiredness weren't it yeah. especially that uh, uh, Travis Fowler where he got booked um, I think it, yeah, just frustration and uh, and tiredness like I say really uh, but yeah it, 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 it was a bit of a scrap but you, know, you don't mind that do you you, know, you, you want to see him fight for it and that's one of the things that we said we liked so much about uh, Sunday's performance. So. Yeah, I think um, it, there was even if we'd have conceded an equaliser towards the end of the game, I don't think many people would have been that disheartened. I think people would have understood because of the conditions, and you could see like with the tired passes and the tired tackles, people weren't getting frustrated. It was almost like the atmosphere lifted to try and raise them to make them passes and make them tackles yeah. because. Whereas like usually you like tut and sigh, it was more like a like start chanting and get behind them to try and get them through the last eleven, I mean, eleven like, minutes. Even when West Brom got that goal, like the, the atmosphere yeah. after that, it was kind of like you know forget it. We'll just yeah. keep going. Like um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we've got the atmosphere down as one of the things we're going to talk about. But it, it um, yeah, I thought it was superb on Sunday. Yeah, it was like the last the whole game. eleven minutes was. It was absolutely bouncing. Like the full time whistle was like celebrated like it were a goal, and and it is a big win for us. Obviously, the first time we've won three in a row since the start of the nineteen eighty eight season. Yeah. At the start of the season, eighty nine. Yeah. yeah, so it's a massive result for us. And I think when you look at the championship results as well, everyone's like, there's a couple of draws here and there. No one's really like winning two in a row. No one's getting up to positions we're getting up to. And I think every win. I mean, I said at the preview, don't I'd be happy with seven points up until the Sheffield United game. And we're already on nine with two yeah. games to play. So I know you said you said ten, didn't you? you? So 10. I was like, that, that, that's been that's in an ideal world. Well, yeah, you know, we, 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 we've already got. Uh, I think if we got to the Sheffield United nine. game and we were only on ten. I think we'd be disappointed already. Uh, Not disappointed, but like if you from well, our, so, so, from so, our so position so now, we've only got a point out of the next two games. You'd be a bit like, oh. No, no, no. But, well, there's only Reading between now and Sheffield United. So no, I mean like after Sheffield United. Oh yeah, yeah, we've only got. A point yeah. for the next two games. I know Sheffield United yeah. is going to be tough, but you yeah. got you got to look at Reading, especially after their performance at the weekend. Yeah. As like not a must win, but I expect us to go on impose ourselves and then come away yeah. with the three points. Um, is it, did you see what um, what what is it? Uh, Pauline said uh, in his post match interview on on uh, Saturday when, when they got beat four 0 No, I've, I've seen. I've only the only highlights I've seen are the the goalkeeping errors. Well, uh, well. Um, what is it the the, the interviewer was, he said something like uh, is it a case of bouncing back uh, against Blackburn on Wednesday and he was like well we kept a clean sheet in the second half so I don't really think it is oh, you've been beat 4-0 <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> kept a clean sheet because you don't need to score anymore yeah. <laughs> not tried to score have they? same case with United yeah, yeah. I know yeah um, Sunday was superb we were like in, 
went for a couple of drinks after the game and just saying like how good it is and uh, obviously the weather helps like there's loads of kids out there in rover shirts and yeah. everyone's just buzzing to be a part of it this season it's you can also buzz around the ground and yeah you can feel the atmosphere building and everyone's excited for Sheffield United away and I, I don't know how many are going to Reading tomorrow night but I know there's quite a, like a a rush for tickets and coaches and people on Twitter asking if anyone's driving and stuff like yeah. that yesterday so I think like it's going to get to that point again where people are desperate to go see games and like, to, like we're going to start taking bigger wave followings again um, and hopefully that was, um, the attendance is at home will start building as well because I was a bit shocked um, actually on Sunday with the was it 14,900? Yeah, 14,9 yeah. yeah. I, I mean I know it doesn't help being on a Sunday with people that have to travel quite away but um, I mean West Brom brought, brought a few thousand so I expected more like 17, 18 from us but I think if we carry on the way we're playing and the form we're in, it won't be long until we're up to them sort of numbers again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we were talking um, after the game in the pub about saying, you know, all that. Dad, Dad was saying, like, you know, I paid for my season ticket. Um, I don't care, you know, like how cheap match day is. I, I just yeah. want to see as many, you know, people on Ewood um, as possible. But there will be some people that won't agree with that I understand it because you know you, you are paying quite a lot of money for an adult season ticket yeah I just think you need to do it at the right times obviously you can't do it every game because it almost belittles the value of the ticket if you're constantly making cheap tickets but yeah. I think whilst there's a buzz around the ground and whilst there's people that are desperate to go and um, especially whilst the weather's nice as well that certainly helps I mean yeah. no one wants to go in the middle of December like midweek games like everyone would rather stay at home watch it on Red Bull raining sideways into Blackman <laughs> yeah exactly um, but I think like the Stoke game is a perfect opportunity like kids for a quid not the adults down to 15 quid or if you say like two adults tickets you get two free kids tickets or something and just just get as many on as possible and bank holiday weekend as well yeah if we go in if we go into that Blackpool game on like 15 points sold out we'll, we'll probably will sell out Blackpool tickets I know they're quite expensive yeah. but we'll probably will sell out away there um, and then you're going in, especially if we beat Bradford away in the cup as well like, if we get a good third round draw mm. like, people are going to start really jumping on the bandwagon and it's, and it's going to start but what I don't want to happen is that the interest go up and then the ticket prices go up because it's just going to drive people yeah. away no matter how, yeah. how excited people are people won't pay the prices so um, they need to take advantage it'd be good if after we beat Bradford uh, well, I say after we beat Bradford if we do beat Bradford conference is through the roof I can't stop myself for a minute um, if we do beat Bradford if we get a good home draw it'd be good then to even if you say like five or a ticket for everyone or mm. uh, just let kids in for free or something because cup games are always low attendance aren't they yeah. so if you get you get another championship team or plenty of League 1 teams have gone through and League 2 teams so if you get another one of them at home fill the ground get another win just everyone wants to see you would fall no one wants to see the Riverside half empty and mm. like the Darwin end half empty no one wants to see that so I think you've seen like with the Blackburn end especially the lower tier being so full the atmosphere like builds itself I know like NO5 block and NO1 blocks always had a, quite a good atmosphere but you can you can feel like their atmosphere taking an effect on the rest of the stand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the atmosphere starts building everywhere then. And I think um, whilst it's sold out and everyone's bundled together, it's it's great. Um, need to get rid of Sweet Caroline though. Sick of it. <laughs> Sweet know. Caroline again. I just don't, the atmosphere was <laughs> class. Why do we need 
I don't even know who sings it. Who sings it? Neil Diamond. Yeah. Why do we need Neil Diamond on a full time? The, the atmosphere was absolutely rocking. Everyone's singing Blue and White Army. Players are coming towards us. And I mean, Neil Diamond serenaded me like, I just don't get it at all. <sighs> Sorry, Neil, but I just don't, I don't fancy that he would at full time. That's this all. where Rob's going to start a, a, a campaign with a podcast <laughs> to, uh, to get the Sweet Caroline changed. If anyone's listening and they don't like Sweet Caroline at full time, get involved. Like, I'll start a website, I'll do anything. <laughs> Well, there was only one change to the uh, team on uh, Sunday, and that was a change that we thought um, it was going to be if, the, if if there were any changes made, and that was um, Wharton uh, going out of the team after he picked up that knock on uh, on Wednesday night against Hartlepool, and uh, Ash Phillips coming in. Um, I, I think uh, he played on his uh, home uh, debut. Yeah, it was um, a very positive change. I didn't ex I didn't expect Thomason to. Um to, to be that brave really um, sometimes it's in the past we've almost held young players back but I mean there's no way to see if they are good enough without just throwing them in there and seeing if they think and obviously Thomason thinks he's good enough so yeah he's trusted him to play on Sunday and he did well um, I don't think any of the strikers had any, any luck against him at all um, was good in the air um, like confident on the ball Um maybe not like brave enough to put, to play like the intricate passes and all like sometimes when he could have played it out to Britain in like tight areas he actually he chose to knock a ball down the line which is fine it's fine to switch up every now and again um, but whether that's how Thomason wants him to play or whether that's just him not wanting to make a mistake on his first yeah. um, competitive like proper league debut um, but yeah overall he had a really good performance and I know he came off after 70 minutes but um, I think that was just down to the heat and obviously he's only seven, well, he's only just turned 17 yeah. really hasn't he um, yeah, there's no way his fitness levels will be the same as, uh, as you know some of the more senior players in the uh, in the team so no definitely so not I think he's only going to get better especially if he plays alongside Ayala and even Wharton's experience he can help him through it but again Ayala on, Ayala on Sunday was I'm running out of words to say about him he's just, he's just a different class different gravy um, and playing alongside him he's going to learn a lot um, he's going to be helped a lot so I think even if he does make a mistake or he does have a bad game Ayala's going to be there to help him through it and um, it's just everyone every time he's going to have a game now it's going to be talking about whether he's going to get sign a new contract or whether he's going to leave so yeah. um, there'll be lots of talks about his future um, and he has got a bright future but I think the the main thing is for Rovers now you could, you could literally get a picture of 10 players and show that to Phillips you could show it to Diaz if he doesn't want to sign a contract is it Batty Batty's the one that's like he's only got he's only got one year left on his yeah um, I think so yeah won't sign professional so, I mean how many players could you, you go and show them leaving Rovers and just not having the career that they that they thought they would have like you could just say like just wait out here be patient here and I mean, we, we, we were talking the other night weren't we about like you know trying to think of players that have left Rovers to, to go on to better things I think yeah. we could only come up with Damien Duff really come well, up here. Even, even the three that have left in the summer like you've got Lenehan who's having a stinker at Borough being sent off probably when he probably might not get back into the team when his suspension's over Ryan Niambi being ball boy at Wigan, (laughs) and then Joe Rothwell, who's not even made a Bournemouth squad. I know people have said like he's not fully fit and stuff, but 
even when he is fit, is he is he going to get into Bournemouth squad or is he just going like, to wait on the bench all the time? And just, you could you could say if you sign a four year deal now, it'll take you to twenty one. At twenty one, you could have played a hundred, hundred and twenty games in the championship. And mm. if we get promoted, you play another football, 30, yeah. 50 games in the Premier League. Um, so to have that experience at twenty one, your market value and your options going forward, you, especially because English. Yeah, your just your career is like. I mean, what would a, a team rather have? Someone who's played a hundred senior games at the age of twenty one, or someone who's moved to. Tottenham or Liverpool's the other team he's been linked with in it like he's going to go to there and at 21 he's probably played what five, six, seven, thirteen games mm-hmm. if that from from someone outside looking in it doesn't make a lot of sense why he wants to move but obviously there's, there's, there's other reasons why players want to move and we don't, we don't want to talk about stuff like that but for me it's the obvious thing for him to do would be to sign a professional deal and focus on his football and he's, he's not guaranteed first team football role he's obviously water and becomes back fit but his development is guaranteed at Rovers he's going to become a better player play, especially playing under Thomason like, he's making yeah, everyone definitely. a better player already So, um, well I suppose uh, reviewing um, Phillips's uh, performance is uh, a good way to dive into our uh, player ratings uh, Rob do you want to go first and then yeah well I've already spoke about uh, I'll hit back <laughs> spoke about Kaminsky um, I gave him a 7 he had a quiet game really Um there's only the one time where he got caught out and that was from the cross from the the Riverside side that went over his head and I think were it Dean Garner for West Brom probably should have nodded in at the back post and headed yeah. it wide but yeah again comes up with a crucial save in the second half that probably wins us the game so yeah I've, I've said it about Kaminsky it's a class act and yeah well again you're pretty much echoing what Rob said didn't really have a, a right lot to do but he was he was there when, when he was needed in the, in the second half to make that uh, crucial save that uh, well it's a match winning save isn't it yeah. you know um, yeah. it's, it's one of the points we've said it already it, it, it's top class is probably the best keeper Rovers have had since uh, Friedel I think yeah definitely um, yeah there's, there's, there's not a lot more to say on uh, Kaminsky uh, Pickering it's a tough one for Pickering because again he's done nothing wrong he's filled in at centre back four as after Phillips has gone off I just want to see more going forward from him like there were times in the first half where he'd get the ball left back and it's almost like he gets to the halfway line and, and presses pause like that mm. I don't, I, it, it must be a tactical thing because we saw him last year that he was willing to bomb on and join the attack so it must be a tactical thing that Thomason wants to do to keep that back four and like obviously help us if we, if we get dispossessed and they start on the counter but, but Britain seems to be bombing forward so yeah, it doesn't make sense to have yeah, one going forward yeah. but then Saying that, um, when Pickering's not going forward, Britain's always is almost like spread out wide. We've seen we've we've already spoke about Diaz just pinging the ball to the other side of the pitch. So Britain's always available for that. So I think Pickering doesn't want to go forward because if Britain's already spread and Pickering's gone forward, you know, you're left with two at the back. Yeah. So I think Pickering is like holding back so that he can cover and join as a three if Britain's already too far wide. That is the only thing with that kind of formation uh, and, and, and the way Rovers are setting up at the minute with uh, you know two midfield really and you've got the fluid front four yeah. um, you know there's pretty much no cover at all if the mm. full backs do push up so it's like it's, it's, it's a difficult one and I, I don't know whether it's him being worried or maybe Thomason being worried about that but either way um, 
I mean, defensively, I, I, I don't think you can be too harsh on him for no. for that because, like you say, defensively, he's yeah, defensively sort of, had a good game and he's had to play at centre half again and again he's done well. Maybe I just maybe it's just because I expect more from him. I mean, I'm not I'm not criticising the way he's played. I just I just think he can offer us more when he goes forward. But um, yeah, another, another it's just a, it's just a solid fullback in here. Probably again one of the better ones in the championship. Yeah, um, yeah. Probably, there's probably not many left backs in the league that you think I'll swap Pickering for him. Yeah, um, Ayala. I mean, we've already spoke about he, he's brilliant. He's been brilliant all season so far, and he um, probably my man of the match again. Um, I might be harsh on Diaz with the official man of the match, obviously, and got a goal and assist. But compare um, how he started this season to how he's played for Rovers for the majority of the time he has. Um, yeah, I think it's not. And obviously, we've seen like moments, you know, from yeah. Ayala and like um, flashes of what he's uh, capable of in the past. But so far, this season has been brilliant. So yeah, it's hard to give Ayala a rating because he just he makes everything look so easy. So he's not making last ditch tackles. He's not battling with strikers for the ball. He's not. He, he just everything. He's just like a Rolls Royce, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not like. He's not a supercar. He's not a flash. He's just. Just wins the ball and plays the right pass all the time. Just for me, a ten out of ten. You're probably underrating him because he's done everything right on Sunday and playing alongside an inexperienced centre half. He's had to go to the left side of defence where we've not really seen him play, and again, just a standout performance from him. And I think um, the Radio Lanks person interviewed John Dal Thomason afterwards and said. Um, we'd be given like a couple of days off in training or you wrapping him in cotton wool and stuff and I, I, don't, I don't think Thomas was joking about it but I can't remember the exact words he said but it's just getting that management right he, like having him on the bikes all week and not, no contact training just, it's, it's so it, it's like so important for us to keep him fit um, yeah. and like, I think the longer you keep him fit the better this run the longer this run's going to carry on and the better we'll do yeah I think so as well um We've already spoke about Phillips, so we'll uh, move on to midfield. Buckley. Yeah, another good game for Buckley. Um, went on, went into right back. I think in the second half, and Britain went off again. I think that's that. That was the difference between us and West Brom at the weekend. I know West Brom aren't really happy with Livermore playing centre mid, and they've got like, John Swift now, aren't they? Mm. And I didn't. I, I've rated him in the past when, he, especially when at Reading, I thought that um, he's always been one that I've always wanted Rovers to go after. Um, but I think if you compare the two that we have in midfield with their two midfield there's no comparison at all they're so much more mobile and so much more athletic with them two and they've got the confidence now to get the ball and, and drive and it helps your team so much to when you've won the ball back to have a midfielder that can go and take the ball 20-30 yards and then play play a pass and keep possession because it just it just drains the opposition all the time yeah um, Captain Trav just, again superb I can't was it in the first half where he got fouled and then I can't remember what happened but it, it got a bit, a bit of handbags in the first half and I think it was just before yeah. the goal it like kind of lifted the crowd where yeah. Travis makes a big tackle and um, he's just I mean people have talked about his, his shithouser in the past but <laughs> he's just he's just a leader and he's just he's class on the ball class dribbling with the ball he's got the confidence now where he can take the ball and do what he wants with it not yeah, being restricted I, to passing it sideways and keeping possession he's, he's, yeah. he's being made let to make his own decisions and he's making the right ones all the time yeah I think um, 
that's been like one of the best things from both um, Buckley and Travis so far under JD2. Like, it feels like he's just given them the the freedom to kind of just express themselves and just to play how they play best. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great to see. Obviously, um, you know, Travis has like obviously been forced to take on because he's probably wanted to take on the captaincy, but um, yeah. You know, he's handling that responsibility brilliantly. I think, um, and he were the perfect choice. Um, yeah, he's got the connection with the fans as well. Not just his yeah. performance on the pitch. Like, I think every fan loves him, and like he's got that relationship with the fans, and he's he's just a, a top lad and a top player, and the perfect captain. And getting signed up to a ten, ten year contract with his armband on his shoulder, I'll be happy. Smorix, again, another good performance from Smorix. Um, just ratty. Just I didn't realise how quick he was. Mm. Um, there was a moment in the first half where West Brom won it back and it looked like the full-back were uh, going to counter and he came running across and absolutely nailed him. But I think the ball like, really broke the turret, Jack Walker's <laughs> Um But yeah, he's quick and again, just a ratty performance. I think because of how organised West Brom were, it was quite tough for him and Edges. Um, there weren't really that space in the middle. and But again they, they made the right runs to make space we spoke about it didn't we that there's not enough unselfish runs where you make a run and mm. it opens up space for someone else and I think him and Hedges do that quite well they'll, they'll dart into the channel and stuff and they've got the energy to do that and yeah. create space for other people it's quite good um, it was a quite a quiet game for him but again I think that's because of how organised West Brom were and not because of him not getting involved and again the weather doesn't help like we have much no. we have much energy he uses and how much it's probably not match fit. I don't know that they had a full pre-season um, with Peterborough or not. Like probably expecting the move. Um, I mean, it's only his second game for us. It's just having that rotational ability in the squad. If he's going to play like that constantly, is he going to last a fifty-game season, or is he going to like break down at some point? That's just what I worry about. Yeah, but I think that's where uh, where Dak probably comes in. Yeah. 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 Um, Diaz, uh, goal and assist. Oh, yeah. but uh, I think aside from that um, the one thing we mentioned earlier on was like since he started scoring so many goals he's just kind of like developed this confidence to come deep and you know take the ball where you know when we first signed him we'd never see that you, yeah. know, you know he's almost like made himself the man you know, yeah, you know, yeah, at yeah. first it was Gray and then it was Armstrong and now it's yeah, I think it's a maturity thing as well. I think yeah. having to go away with Chile and um, probably travelling around the most of the time and go and play with players he doesn't know. He's, he's, had, he's had to grow up quite quickly. And um, again, as well as Travis and Buckley and the likes of, like Thompson mentioned it all the time, we've got a very young squad, but they are quite mature for their age and they're willing to take that responsibility and like, just taking, like pickering goals, take a throw in. And like, it's quite compact and you're quite worried. And then Brereton Diaz comes deep for a volley and pings it out to Britain. All of a sudden, you're away and like you're on the counter. And yeah. Just um, taking that responsibility and not hiding. It's it's great to see. He's good. In fact, I know he's a confident player anyway, but he just seems to be growing confidence every single week. And his his goal again was just superb. And it's it's not a surprise, but it is because you everyone keeps saying oh, he's going to drop off he's going to drop off he had, yeah. like, he had one half of a season last year or whatever like, where it 22 goals he finished on and 
Like he's gonna drop off, he's gonna drop, but he just keeps performing well every week and keeps getting on the score sheet, constantly creating chances, a nuisance for defenders. He's he's getting stronger. Like you can see that um, the defenders around him are struggling to deal with him. Or I think a couple of years ago we were a bit lightweight and a bit easy to defend against, really. Yeah. Um, um. Gally, um, I, th- I think everyone would have to agree that he put in one hell of a shift. Uh, fantastic finish as well for his goal. It was right in the corner, weren't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought it was brilliant. Um, just for how uh, hard he worked. Uh, in uh, I, I think he was struggling right. Well, not so long after he scored, weren't he? Um, he got winded, didn't he? After yeah. The challenge. Um, a bit of sick came off, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it looks a bit. Um, Looks a bit dizzy, didn't he? But uh, yeah, it, it worked uh, so hard, uh, and yeah, I, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, overall, good game. Good game. Jeez. I, I, I know you're, you. You've uh, developed into quite a Ryan big, big fan su- of his. Yeah. Ryan Hedge is super fan. Yeah. Um, again, quiet game. Like I said, with Smodic, a really tight, organised West Brom defence. He was struggling to get space, but the right things well, um, keeping possession winning the ball back pressing in the right areas and I think again he's, he is apart from Travis in the midfield he's quite the one to like organise the press and put people in the positions and make on field decisions he's probably the, like, especially up front he's the one that like, makes them decisions and communicates quite well across that fluid front four um, but yeah probably a quiet game on um, Sunday for him but in a more open game like, like we did at Swansea we'll see a lot more of him and mm. I'm sure we'll get a lot more assists to his name uh, the subs <laughs> yeah Dak and Dolan play well a couple of times they give ball away and like a bit like niggly at times but um, again they're trying to play the right way even at, even at 2-1 up in a quite a tight game there'll be times they would just probably boot it back to West Brom's defence and then sit on edge of our own box mm. but we're still playing that one touch quick football get it off lay it off ping the ball Um and we've mourned that we've not played like that for ages we've mourned in the times that have been too defensive and too negative but I think on Sunday there were some fans crying out for us to just yeah. get it in corner um, and wait it out that may be a bit unlucky not to score as well the last ditch block from uh, that West Brom defender yeah and I, I, think, think, I think that were going in that way it hit him right in the face but I think half of Blackman ever shouted for ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think even I shouted for ball, and I hate when people do that but yeah um, I think the fans were just shouting for everything on Sunday, weren't they? We were desperate for we were desperate for the full time whistle, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, he played well, um, and just Tyler Morton, another one, another one of the subs who played really well. And you can see like he's got that that way to pass, and um, he's got the vision to create chances. It's just again, I think it's a lack of match fitness where they're not quite coming off yet, but I can see. By, probably by the time we get to the Blackpool game and the, the games next month that's when um, his match fitness will be the right levels and them sort of passes will be coming off and he'll be a key player for us in, in this season especially yeah I agree yeah so moving on now and uh, another topic um, injuries it's, uh, it's not looking great is it in the uh, in the defence at the minute no it's been a, a tough summer hasn't it we uh Hayden Carter and Sam Bowen's being injured. I think they were our backup centre backs, really, weren't they? Yeah. Um, I don't know how long Carter's out for. I think Bowen's will be out for the majority of the season. One, I don't think we'll see until March, April time his injury. Yeah. Um, Wharton's obviously out for the next couple of weeks. 
Um, good news about Britain and uh, Phillips, though, they'll be back for tomorrow night's game, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's a boost, isn't it? Um, and obviously, like, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Seth Vandenberg, which, you know, if that goes through, it will uh, it will help the situation, but whether it will go through is, um, is, is another story because of Liverpool's uh, injury problems, so... Yeah. I mean, they struggled at the back last night. They had Phillips and Van Dijk there, who still struggled. So, I can't, I can't see Van der Berg happening now with the injuries they've got. Um, I think was he on the bench last night? I'm not sure. Well, uh, yeah. Again, I can't see him um, coming now just with the amount of injuries they've got. Um, especially like I think someone said that they've. They want guarantees or like so many playing so many games. If you don't play them so many games, he was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. last name on the bench. And it said like if you, if you don't play so many games, you get fined or it's like stipulation in the contract where you have to pay so much for to play so many games. So I'm not a fan of that. I think you should always be played on merit rather than just because you've got a deal with this parent club that you have to play so many times. You should. Yeah. I was forming training. I was forming matches. Should be decided whether he's playing or not. Um, but yeah, I think I think we need two two signings. Um, I think looking at the players that are available, it's going to be difficult to get two that are going to come in and improve the team. But I don't think you need to. Um, I just think you need players that are going to be there just in case that core three of Ayala, Carter, and Wharton aren't yeah. fit, and then you've got Phillips as a fourth. You probably need someone who can play a right back to cover Britain, and you need probably another centre back slash full back, like rather than Pickering being shoved into centre back, someone who can play full back and centre half. So I had a look at like who's available, I had a look at some of the rumours of who other championship teams are approaching, and Jack Henry's been left out of the Club Brew squad, not been registered at all, desperate to get rid of him. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah, and obviously, like did well at Club Brews last year I think they won the league um, obviously played for Scotland quite a lot of times mm. won, won the league at Celtic um, SBL tax and all that I know but um, he's tidy on the ball he's strong he's going to come for quite cheap because obviously Club Brews don't want to keep him they want uh, rid so yeah they want yeah. rid play centre back and play right back so it's perfect cover for Britain or Phillips like on that right side of centre defence um, I think Burnley and Wolfsburg have been linked with him but he did put on Instagram a story the other day whilst Club Brugge were playing they've been flying somewhere so whether he's on, or, like, already flown over to make agreements with a certain club I don't know but I think yeah. for me he's a perfect fit because he's tidy on the ball he's good enough to play at the Championship I've, I've, like, no disagreements with that he's definitely good enough um, but yeah it's just whether we can pinch pinch him from the other two teams that are after him. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I don't I couldn't really see any anyone else available for quite cheap that we could fill in at fullback, but I think that's where you need to be looking at your Premier League teams. If if Liverpool won't let us have Van der Berg, then you need to go to another Premier League team and try and get a, a fullback a young fullback in. I don't know who that'll be. I think uh it might be Norwich that have been linked with uh, Brandon Williams. Right, yeah. United. United, yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be a cracking set. But again, like, 
you can't lo- I don't think you'll be able to loan someone from United and then be a second choice right back I think they'd want yeah. assurances that he's going to play most games and, and another thing I suppose is you don't know what kind of wages on you, you, you know it's, yeah. it's like obviously I haven't played that many games for United it won't be on like stupid money but probably on more than what most life players yeah, are on yeah um, and you think like Norwich with the parachute payments and the kind of financial power over overs if you will it's more likely that it'll go somewhere I mean he's already he's not really played for Norwich um, I'm not sure I'm not sure where he's been he's not the last season um, I'm just imagining <laughs> I don't know but uh, you know it was on one of the transfer rumours this morning so yeah um, yeah, I just think we need more cover but it's just difficult to get someone that's going to be willing to come in and play second fiddle because he's not going to drop Britain like he's obviously paid paid for him this summer um, obviously a key player for us already so you don't want to loan someone in to replace him you just want someone to be ready just in case yeah so looking ahead to uh, running away tomorrow night, um, Rob, what are you expecting from the game? Um, I don't know, because I don't know what kind of Reading is going to turn up. I think with the result of the weekend, they've been at, they'll probably be absolutely slaughtered in training yeah. in the last couple of days leading up to tomorrow night. Um, I expect it to be a bit like Swansea, where we, we almost let them have the ball where they're not dangerous, but then um, press them when they get into the areas that are dangerous to us. Uh, again, I think we'll keep it tight and try and hit them on the break. I think I think they, they probably might make a few changes ready after after Saturday's result. I don't think Ince will be happy with the performance at all. I'll be very surprised if the keeper starts. I'm, mm. I'm sure they'll definitely change it. Did you did you see the hearts? I haven't seen the hearts, no. But um, yeah, so, I, I, I saw on uh, Twitter um, a lot of people uh, talking about. The howlers that he made, apparently. So well, the yeah. second goal. I mean, it's a decent strategy for he absolutely smashes it, but it's like near post, top corner. So it's you put your hand up and you stop yeah. the ball basically. The third one is remember Taibbi for Man United where he tried he goes down to save it and it rolls through his legs. Oh right, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. exactly the same as that, and it weren't like a a hit shot. It was more or less like a pass back. <laughs> it's gone down and it's gone through his arms through his legs and ended up it back at net the fourth one he's come he's come like 25 yards out and the guys took it round him beat him to it and put it in an empty net and there was another one where again he came out to the edge of the box and it, it wasn't dropping into the box and he let it drop and the guy nipped, nipped it and crossed it and I think one of the other Rotherham strikers headed it over so it could have been worse but yeah th- there were a lot of uh, a lot of opinions about his performance on Twitter on Saturday night and I mean, yeah. hopefully it does play tomorrow night. Cause Four and zero to, to Rotherham. It's a it's a, it's a heavy defeat that. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, they've just been uh, uh, promoted back to Championship again. Um, so we've had a decent start to be fair to them, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, quite often you see like um, teams kind of use that momentum. Like that. I mean, I yeah. know we, uh, we we had a decent start when we came um, back up from League One, didn't we? So yeah. Yeah, it's quite often you you you, uh, you see that. So. Yeah. I mean, they were one of the games where I think should have played Coventry away, but I think that was a game where Coventry got called off because of the pitch. And yeah, there's, there's going to be a few of them. I'm guessing. Um, yeah, like, I, I thought it was bizarre. I mean, to like, you know, have rugby being played on it so yeah. close to the start of the season. Football yeah. season, yeah. Um, I mean, the droughts not helped. I think they probably not no. enough rainfall to keep it. Um, but still, it's. Um, 
it's not what you sh- what you should be seeing in like no. the second tier of English football anyway. Um, I know they don't they don't officially own the ground, do they? It's London Wasps that own it, and do they rent it out to Coventry? I think so, yeah. Um, so whether they, they can't make the decisions on what happens or whatever, but there's something that needs sorting. Whether they go and play at a different ground or, but they've had that problem in the past and the fans didn't like it. So, I mean, having only gone just gone back to the to the Rico Arena, I don't think they'd be happy about going back to another stadium. Mm. Rico Arena, I mean, what's it got? No, no one really knows what it is. It's at the Coventry, Coventry Building Society Arena now. Is it? So I think it'll always be the recall yeah. to me. It's, it's like Bolton. It will always Universe. be Reebok. Reebok, yeah. Breeze block. Breeze block. No how many times you change it, it'll always be Breeze block. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm expecting us to do well tomorrow. Um, hopefully, not pick up too many injuries. Um, and yeah, get another win. Yeah. Um, I, we, we've just been saying, haven't we, like, as mad as it sounds, um, you know, I should be quite disappointed if we don't win tomorrow <laughs> just because yeah. of the start we've had um, but yeah hopefully we'll, uh, we'll pick up another three points and go into Sheffield United everyone will be uh, on an even bigger high um, and the, the, the culture will be rocking <laughs> yeah. um, I mean I'm still buzzing for it um, yeah. but I think if we win if we go into Sheffield United away top of the league four wins out of four yeah. it's going to be a <laughs> Very, very heavy day, <laughs> very expensive day. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Obviously, it's, it's our first uh, away day of the season, isn't it? so yeah, yeah, should be a, should be a good day. Yeah, it's a weird one as well because um, Sheffield United have had like a bit of a indifferent start to the season. Really, they lost the opening game to Watford away, who they probably expected to be beat off of Watford just coming down from the Prem. Um, and then beat Millwall at home first game in front of their fans but then they were knocked out of a league cup by um, West Brom 1-0 mm. um, which obviously we played West Brom this weekend um, we've seen how organised they are and we said that they would be better at home than they will be away um, but I think you'd be disappointed to um, get knocked out of the cup at such an early round off almost like a team at a similar level yeah. to you um, and then they played uh, before us on Sunday they drew 2-2 with Middlesbrough so again it's, it's not a bad result because I think um, both team, both of them teams that played on Sunday are probably aiming for the playoffs at the yeah, start they're, of the season they're, they're about to, I, I mean I think um, you know in, in a lot of people's predictions they would have you know been in the top been six the top six yeah definitely um, so yeah I, I think you know and, and, and if you asked uh, people what score was going to be uh, in that game before uh, kick-off. Yeah. I think a lot of people have said it's like 1-1 or 2-2. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've still got some top some top players of uh, Sheffield United, Sanderberg, still there in midfield. I thought, he'd, I thought he'd moved on when they got relegated. Yeah. Um, I mean, Johnny Egan had quite a good season when they in the Prem. Um, surprised he's still there. Um, Foddingham in the, in the net. I, I thought he might, might have got a bigger move. Decent keeper, isn't he? Yeah. But Billy Sharp still start. I know he's like the captain and he's been there quite a while, but I, I, I feel like he's never really getting like any older though, is he? Like, no, he's still <laughs> the same age he was ten years he's ago. He's been like thirty-two for about ten years. Yeah, um, I mean they got like Rian Bruce, who they spent a lot of money on, and Ollie McBurney on the bench. So to still be starting Billy Sharp oh, just doesn't doesn't seem right, really. Red Akadra on the bench, not getting on. There's another one that you could show mm. show to any players that potentially think about leaving um, that the grass isn't always greener um, I mean 
the way we're playing at the minute, I fancy us to um, fancy us to do well at anywhere we go. Um, but again, I think it'd be another game like West Brom where they're quite tight. I know they like to play three centre halves, so it'd be quite difficult for us up front. But again, if but I don't think Water will be back that early. But Ayala and Phillips keep it tight in the back, two full yeah. if Britain's back and fit. Pickering at left back, I think we'll be able to keep him out as well. So we just have to hope again that another piece of individual brilliance gives us a win on the day. Um, yeah, just looking at like the other results from the weekend, um, Swansea beating Blackpool away, um, probably a poor result for Blackpool on reflection. I think they'd be quite yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I think they they'd admit themselves that you know that they'll be disappointed with that, particularly with the start that uh, that Swansea have had. Yeah, um, I think Blackpool need to look at the like the home games as well as being key for them if they're actually going to do anything in this in this yeah. league. I don't, I don't, I think the two goods go down. Um, but I think if they want to start challenging towards the top half and getting in the playoffs and stuff, I think we need to like make the most of the home games, especially against the teams that don't really make it tricky for you. I think if if you make um, Bloomfield Road quite a tough place to go, I think I think your teams like Swansea and almost like you you fancy a team, your teams that try and play yeah. football the right way, as <laughs> Russell Martin would say. It. Um, I think they need to make it tough for them and get the wins against them teams and then I think a lot, a lot of the other games of the championship are quite battles but um, you need to make your home ground your fortress really um, yeah. it's, it's true of anyone you know, I, I mean we've uh, spoke earlier obviously about the, the atmosphere at Ewood on Sunday and you know it plays a massive part doesn't it and, yeah. you know we need it to be like that week in week out you know yeah. to, to make sure we pick up as many points yeah. um, at home as possible I don't want the fans to get complacent as well as the players I think um, the the longer we keep this run up, the more we're going to need the fans as well. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the atmosphere does need to build up. Um, Huddersfield beat Stoke three one. Um, I actually watched it. I went to a, <clears throat> I went to Josh's house on Saturday for a barbecue and watched the Huddersfield Stoke game. And three one sounds like a, a easy win for Huddersfield, but it wasn't. Uh, Stoke missed a penalty. They hit the they hit the post at one one. Dwight Gale had a goal ruled out for a title side. Um. And then, yeah, Huddersfield hit them with two goals later on to win the game. And I mean, I said last week that you can put an R next to Huddersfield name, and even even though they beat Stoke three one, I'd still stand by it. They are awful, god awful off the ball. Um, and on another day, if Stoke took the chances, and the one that hits the post that bounces in and they score the penalty, it could have been four or five nil. I mean, it's it's a better result for us because you want the weaker teams to be beating the teams that you probably fancied to be up there yeah, absolutely, that, yeah. that it benefits us really Hull beating Norwich 2-1 um, yeah I think apart from that um, that Rotherham Reading 4-0 that's probably the result you're looking at and it's like again you know Norwich uh, Norwich going without a win so yeah. um, you know <laughs> I think you know if, if you'd have said to people before the uh, season started that Norwich would, would have one point from the first three games they'd have laughed at the park wouldn't they yeah. Um Preston beating Luton away again. Luton have had a tricky start, especially how well they um, how well they finished last season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've always rated Nathan Jones. I like him as manager, but I think sometimes you can be your own worst enemy, can't you? If you have a really good season, it almost like lifts the expectations of the fans. I don't think any Luton fan would have picked them to be in the playoffs last no. season. Um, but it was a bit like Barnsley when they got their wish mail and the season after they did so poorly. The fans were almost like desperate to get the manager out because of how poorly played the second season. I think 
if they carry on with this form and especially at home where they're not scoring they're not winning games I think it, it could become like Nathan Jones a bit under a bit of pressure because he's raised the expectations that they should be up there and they should be hard to beat they should be winning games at home but if teams teams like Preston you know, a bit of a, bit of a low blow <laughs> teams like Preston are going there and nicking wins yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we're a good goal I saw it on Twitter like a Shaolin soccer jumping six foot in air and volleying in top bin so I don't know where he's got that from um, Millwall 3 Coventry 2 Mill- I think Coventry were 2-0 up yeah they were weren't they yeah um, yeah I don't, I, I don't know what's out there I don't know what's happened there <laughs> um, so you know the fans have uh, have rallied them I suppose and they've, uh, they've got back into it but, yeah. Yeah. another team that were 2-0 up Sunderland 2-0 um, up at half time QPR came back to draw 2-2 Keeper scoring last minute, he said, Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, um, I, I was at uh, Darwin on Saturday and um, doing the uh, the match port there. And, uh, and and you know, after full time, someone uh, said to me, um, Keep your keeper just going out of time. Like, well, bloody hell. It's very rare that you see you don't yeah. see keepers going up for corners most no. of the time nowadays, but yeah, he's let like a salmon and it's it's absolute bullet header. I'm putting him up front for the next game, never mind it there. Yeah. Um, another draw for Wigan on to Bristol City uh, Cardiff won again against Birmingham and Birmingham, Birmingham had a good start so probably a good result for Cardiff and then Watford beat Burnley on Friday night did you watch yeah. it? I, I watched that yeah. um, I, I think like Sky were kind of like over praising Watford really lumping the praise on them um, I mean it's understandable in a way because they have just come down from the Premier Sky do quite like to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, you know if you ask like a lot of neutrals, um, they would say that the Watford didn't really deserve to win that game, and actually but Burnley pretty much dominated that second half, particularly the the latter stages. You know. Yeah, I think after uh, the Watford player got sent off for the for the pullback on the edge of the box, I think um, with the chances, I think. Vincent Company would be disappointed that they didn't win the game really they yeah. at the bar but they should have scored as well as that and Watford were lucky to come away with a win in the end yeah I think so yeah um, but Watford didn't really create I know the, the goal were a good goal and a good move but the front three weren't really firing I know Sar got took off after 60 minutes and mm. Sky Sports cameras were on him for like the next five minutes <laughs> I think they're desperate for him to get transferred somewhere else um, but yeah um a strange one because you watch them games and you, you watch how Rory's played on Sunday and you think we, we, I don't think we've got much to worry about when we come up against the top <laughs> I, I'm getting ahead of myself but <laughs> who can blame me at the minute who can blame me um, and then over the weekend uh, the live games that were over the weekend did you watch Villa Everton Saturday I didn't yeah. I didn't watch that one no um, obviously uh, two, two teams throwing shit at each other <laughs> absolutely, absolutely stinking both of them yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a, a result that Gerard needed really after yeah. uh, after Bournemouth won it. Um, you know, plus uh, the the longer they go without a win, uh, and we've already spoke about it. Haven't we? There's there's a lot of expectation um, on him this season to uh, to perform. So yeah, there's been a lot of comments as well about um, obviously the decision to strip Tyrell Mings of the captaincy. I think Soonis was offering him to come on Talksport and like, speak to him about it because he said. He said that um, like Gerard expects so much of the players, but the players at Villa aren't willing to be at that level. And I think, yeah. I think, I think he's right. I think um, 
Gerard expects to win every game, but I think there'll be a lot of Villa players who are just happy to be in the Premier League and they're not expected to win every game. They're expected to go out and give it their all, but mm. realistically, are they expected to win every game? Probably not, and I don't think it suits having that manager who wants to win everything and the players that probably aren't at that at that level. Um, I think United, Saturday night, where do you even start? I, I couldn't believe it, me. I was... Um... We we had a we had a barbecue on Saturday night and um, outside uh, listening uh, listen listening to it on the, on the radio if we can get words out um, yeah it was just unbelievable you know like one nil two nil three nil I was like couldn't believe well maybe we should believe it but um, yeah I mean, remarkable really weren't it it's like, I mean Brentford played well to be honest but the first two goals shouldn't, shouldn't be goals. And then I think United have pushed on the caught on the counter, but I just don't understand their approach. I don't understand the style of play. I don't understand the team, the lineup. Like he signed that left back, that Malassia, and Shaw's not performing. He was at fault for the first goal last week, and he's not playing that Malassia. So, what, what, like, what, what message are you sending to these players? You're saying that if you're not good enough and you make mistakes, you're still going to play anyway. So, what's mm. the point? Like, McTominay should not be playing. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I, you've got to give credit to Brentford. I think we're at the, the fourth goal, the the counter attack. Yeah, we told um, us were it. So. Yeah, that, that that was um, that was a quality move. But I, I mean, at the same time, you, you you could blame Maguire and Shaw for their positioning. Um, yeah, and it's like the the first two goals, obviously De Gea's you know let it go through, um, and then you know trying to pass out from the back I mean, I no, they, they, they were just sleeping with the, they had no awareness yeah. of what um, of what Brentford were looking to do at all and it was just I think like shocking Ericsson's on the edge of the box to like collect the ball for goalkeeper and I just I just don't think Ericsson's that player at all I thought Ericsson's no. like a number 10 like he's yeah. going to be in behind a striker he's not the player to come deep and I mean he's probably good enough to do that but does he want to be doing that right. and I just, it just didn't make a lot of sense and there were times where they did play out from the back and they worked, They did like a little triangle around Tony and then Maguire had the ball at his feet and everyone just stood still. I think there was one time, where, I can't think he was playing right back at the time, but he like tucked inside and then Ericsson were hiding, De Gea were hiding and Maguire just stood there like, well, what do I do? Yeah. It teams like teams almost like let them have the ball because they know they're going to play out, they know they're going to like beat the press, so just let them have it and let them... Like give them the rope and let them hang themselves. Basically, yeah, so I, I was saying to Dad when uh, you know after like we're at thirty-five minutes with four 0 down. Yeah, I was like, you know, you go in if you're ten hole, you go in at half time. Where do you start with your team? So <laughs> nothing you can do. I know, I know the first two goals are mistakes, but a, a lot of people say De Gea is a good shot stopper and stuff. But he's not good enough for his feet. And if you want to play out from the back, that should be your first priority. You need a keeper who can play yeah. football. And then you look at how well Dean Henderson played. At Forest, like, and he obviously left because he, w- he wasn't guaranteed any further. Well, mm. surely if if your first choice goalkeeper isn't good for his feet, you need to give the chance to your second choice goalkeeper. I know that's Tom Heaton now, and he's not good for his feet, but um, and they kept Dean Henderson. He he could have really been competitive for that number one jersey this this season, and just letting him go. I just think it's a stupid decision. Yeah, but to be fair, I thought this was going to be the season that he would take on that number one jersey yeah. um, to be honest uh, I, I think it's bizarre that they've let him go um, yeah I, I mean I mean, looking ahead for United it's like they've got Liverpool on <laughs> on Monday night it's 
and they've got the protest like empty Old Trafford yeah it's, ne- it's never going to happen be empty at our time anyway when the final down yeah um, there's no way with the size of that club and obviously we all know like the amount of tourists that go yeah. to Old Trafford week and week out there's no way that you know it'd be empty at kick off um, like I say it might be empty <laughs> it might be empty at <laughs> our time um, but, but just the recruitment doesn't make sense like that the Ben Meagle that Martinez is under the ball I know he's he's a technically good player but he's, he's too small he can't play centre half at that height because against you, you Brent against any team we're a bit higher yeah. that front two like to- I don't think Tony's that tall I think he's only like 5'10 five, 5'11 five, but he's class in the air he's got a mm. lead point and he's, he just battles with everyone so if you put him against Martinez and even against Maguire he's going to win his first year because he is a battler up there it just, it just doesn't make sense at all it doesn't make sense to me um, he's not going to improve him well enough now so he's not going to go from how they played on Saturday to being a top half prem team playing the way he wants to play in the next month or two months no I don't think so I, I mean I think a lot of people are getting the you know getting a bit carried away saying uh, they could go down uh, they're not they're not going no, to they're go, not down. go down they're not um, it's just not going to like it'd be I think the equivalent really of Leicester winning the Premier League wouldn't it really if you if you yeah. know it were to go down um, but will they finish in the top 10 <laughs> if I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I, I think, think as well that like, teams aren't scared of them anymore like Brighton went to Old Trafford and played like, like it, the fear factor's gone, gone. it's been yeah. gone it's been gone for a while really I think um, yeah. but I think teams used to like keep it tight and play on the counter where I feel like now teams are just playing yeah. how they want to play and just but uh, yeah, I just we could we could do a whole podcast and talk for hours about the problems at Man United, but um, and it'd be a good laugh as well. So <laughs> maybe when like we we record a podcast at Gengedi and we can have a laugh and have a few beers talking about United's problems, <laughs> but we'll wait till after they've been relegated and we'll, <laughs> and we'll do that. Um, Super Sunday. I don't know who the first game was. was it, it was uh, Forest uh, oh, West Ham. Yeah. yeah. Um, we didn't watch it, obviously. I played football Saturday afternoon before all this. Absolutely roast. Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, yeah. 12 o'clock kickoff at Wayne Park, Assey. Like, absolutely boiling. Massive pitch. And then little black bowls that you get on AstroTurf, like getting your socks and your boots and last forever. Like, they were like, they were hot because of the sun. They like heated up the pitch. They were like, yeah. my feet were like walking on lava. Like, I don't run anywhere, so like walking around the pitch, it was still hard work. Um, I had to walk Yeah, yeah like, you, you just like, like you know, um, came on Rovers and I, I, I was like already in my seat. I saw your face like bright red. Bright red. I walk from Witten carrying a wet towel and my boots and all I changed kit in, in a bag of knackered. Um, just dying to sit down and then we started playing mine. I had to stand up a few times and sing of a knackered. And then Sunday night we watched the, watched the second half of Tottenham and Chelsea and yeah. pub, didn't we, after, yeah. after Rovers. Battle of the Bridge uh, part two. Yeah, yeah. Lively game anyway. Yeah. Conte and Tuchel having a disagreement yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like um, laugh at the the old like commentators line of oh no, no one likes to see this. Like, <laughs> believe me, everybody pulls out. Come on, it's That was the thing at full time. Like with the with the handshake, it was like everyone was like, God, God, get in. Nobody, yeah. nobody likes to see you singing like this. <laughs> Literally, everyone's frothing at the mouth to watch it. But yeah, it was. Uh, but we called it, didn't we? We said, I think when Havertz missed his chance, we said Tottenham yeah, equalised. Yeah. Um, I 
think Dad said like, "Oh, Kane will score from this corner." Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a good game when you like probably on Super Sunday should be like two of the top teams battling it out and yeah. you like to see a bit of passion for the managers and um, mm. then it was followed by Graham Souness's yeah, comments yeah I was about to bring it up Souness's comments um, I think the the, the the kind of things that cause Twitter storms these days is um, is remarkable really I, I don't think anything in it at all I and can guarantee that whoever's brought it up has not watched the full clip they've just watched they've, they've probably not even watched it they've probably just seen, they've seen the words. what other people have said about yeah. it they've seen um, the words man yeah. and men and just gone oh it's, that's ridiculous that, that's ridiculous yeah. but like if you look at how he's talking and what he's talking about he's talking about like how the past five years there's been simulation and there's been like people staying on the floor for ages and it's spoiled football and like the Chelsea Tottenham game it was it, it was aggressive and there was tackles going in but the football floored and that's what fan, no one wants to see the, the ball mm. on, like, no one wants to see the ball in play for like 40 minutes and then the rest you're just waiting for free kicks or throw-ins to be taken everyone wants to see football and like yeah. the, the first goal for Tottenham it probably is a foul on Havertz but Havertz gets up and sprints to the linesman to shout at him why wouldn't you get up and sprint back and try and win the ball back why are you sprinting to complain to the linesman that doesn't make sense like if you're if you're fit enough to go and ballock a linesman you're fit enough to get back and try and help your team defend mm-hmm. and I think that's what Souness is talking about he's saying like people are saying oh like the women have just won the Euros it's nothing to do with that at all no. it's absolutely zero rev- relevance to that it's all about how the, the the actual football in the Premier League in the last couple of years has been less physical and it's been less entertaining yeah. but and yeah it, it probably has use the wrong words probably could describe it in a better way saying like it's more physical it's more fast flowing you don't have to say it's a man's game that's like a simplified version of it to make him come out and issue a statement I'm just so I'm so glad he he didn't apologise in his statement because Mm -hmm. he's nothing to be sorry for at all no I don't think so either yeah like I say the the kind of things that people um, overreact at uh, on social media Um, and it's just I, I, I think almost some people kind of like enjoy it, don't they? Like they, they, they like just like, like being victimized, don't they? Like yeah, they having having a rant of it as well. It. Like, was it is it Beth? Honestly, Beth England. Beth, yeah, is it Beth, England? Beth England? Yeah. Someone like quote tweeted her tweet with like four instances where she's called it the woman's game, like the women's game, and like, well, what's the difference? Like, you're only mad at soonest for saying it's the man's game, like you're calling it the women's game, and there is differences between the two, like. Yeah. England are successful in the women's game they're not successful here we go here we go get in God. God. Um, but yeah there is differences and I don't I don't think there's a problem with calling it the man's game I know it's like one sport of football but they're two different games like and there's no mixture of the players between the two there's no women's playing mm-hmm. in the men's game like, so they are two separate games it's still the same sport that we all know and love but the, the two separate games it's fine to call it either way like when we were talking about the European Championship it's great for the women's game and it's great for the sport of football it, it can be good for both and it can be called and like can be talked about in relevance to both it, it doesn't have to just be under the whole umbrella of football it yeah. can be two different things but yeah I was glad I didn't apologise in the end and um, I just think people need to get a grip really I think anyone with common sense could have said he didn't mean it in a, in a um, offensive way but common sense is lacking nowadays, isn't it? 
um, and finished the weekend at Liverpool last night. Another bad result for them. Yeah, um, interesting game to watch. I think going into it, um, you kind of like expect, well, you know what to expect, you, 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 you expect Liverpool to like dominate the ball and kind of Palace put 10 men behind the ball and you know Liverpool just throw everything they have at them. But yeah. um, you know, it wasn't the case, especially um, you know with uh, Zaha uh, putting uh, Palace 1 0 up with a Fantastic counter second goal. I thought. I thought. Um, I mean, we spoke about it last night. But Eze had a brilliant game, didn't he? He's a class was, player. Um, and we spoke about it, didn't we? Like, saying like, like cage football produces like skillful players, and you just see like just, it. It, it makes everything look so effortless. Like the yeah. ball's dropped out of the sky. His first touch was. It was almost a bit like a size touch for his goal from halfway. Like just plays him into that space. Where he's got all the time in the world to pick a pass, mm. and it's like the perfect weight on the pass. It's and Sahar's left foot for dead. Putting in the bottom corner, it's a great finish. A moment of madness from uh, Nunes. Yeah, it's just a strange one, really. And I've, I've seen all the clips this morning on Twitter of like Andreas and winding him up, but like the fact that he's reacted to that is just going to make it worse for the rest of the season because every single centre back is going to do exactly the same now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there probably, probably was a bit too much. And he, he's young and he will learn from it, but. I mean, he'll probably cost his team two points because he stays on the field yeah. to probably win the game. So and you, um, you've kind of seen over the last few years how ruthless Man City are with uh, with drop yeah. points. You know, you know, is it three seasons now that Liverpool have got over ninety points and no, um, like no, City won it like oh, no, like three seasons in the last so many years. Yeah, when yeah. they've got ninety points and not won it. Um, you know, and, uh, and they've only got Liverpool only got two points in their first two, so there's already a four point gap. Yeah. You know, obviously it's very early doors, but you know, but you, I think the way Liverpool look at it now is that they have to go and beat City twice this season to catch up now. And, yeah, like, and that's this early in the season, you shouldn't have to rely on other teams to go and beat City no. to because yeah, City look unstoppable at the minute. It's almost like a, a kind of similar situation has developed in England as it is in Scotland, where. You know, it's like the old firm games kind of decide it. You yeah. Because of how rare it is that Celtic and Rangers get beat. Yeah. Outside of uh, outside of those uh, games, it's yeah. kind of uh, it's a similar situation. Just because of how good um, City and Liverpool are now, and the the gap between them and the the rest. I think what Liverpool have to worry about as well is that the games against the other, if they if they're struggling. I mean, they're struggling defensively. I think it's like six games in a row where they've conceded the first goal well if you concede the first goal against Chelsea away and the first goal against Tottenham away you, you're probably losing the game yeah because like, that like, well organised defensively um, so that needs sorting out um, but I just think they've become a bit a bit predictable like attacking wise I think mm. Alexander Arnold puts like 30 crosses in a game and if no one scores and that they don't really have like another way of getting into the box and I thought Harvey Elliott were good last night. He, yeah, he, he was one of the the uh, standouts for Liverpool, weren't he? Yeah. Um, obviously, was, was that his uh, debut starting again, I think, um, for Liverpool? So, um, yeah, I, I thought he played really well. Um, but whether it's like the. I mean, Salah tucks inside because Trent's on the overlap or Trent's wide, and then it, it's almost like easy to defend against because if Palace fill the box, there's not many gaps. For them to play into, and Harvey mm. is trying to pick them passes out. But if you're on the edge of the box trying to pick someone like four yards away from you, and there's like eight Crystal Palace defenders around you, it's like a one in a million pass. 
Um, so it's always going to be difficult for him. Um, Nunes probably should have scored. There was one on the volley at the back post that he scuffed and then he obviously hit the post with one of them, didn't he? But again, not a clean connection. Probably wanted to smash it past the keeper. Um, yeah, it's... Fantastic finish from uh, Diaz to level things up. Yeah, but again, it's not like a, we've not created a goal. Have it's like a piece of individual yeah, it's brilliance. He's like skinning three or four uh, players. And he's, he's made something happen out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. And you, I don't think you can rely on that. Um, I mean, they've got the quality to do that, obviously, but there are going to be weeks where that doesn't happen. And yeah. like, or like the keeper has a blinder and stops everything. So I think you need to create, like, probably Zaha's goal is probably the best chance tonight, really, the one where you think mm. like, it's a one on one who definitely should score. Um, but yeah, it's it's worrying. But I mean, it's the perfect fixture to come back to. On is it Monday night? Uh, Sunday afternoon. I think it's Monday night. United Liverpool. Yeah. 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 Um, Monday night. Monday night. Monday yeah. night football. Yeah. Perfect game to come back to. United are obviously in disarray, and I mean they'll probably get a lot more chances against United than they have in the first two games. So mm. yeah, it's just finding that form again. But again, like four points dropped, four points behind City now. It's even in two games and it sounds daft but it's going to be a long a long season for them to catch up to them yeah um, so yeah we are we might we might have a special guest next week so this will be the last starting 11 um, and then next week we'll actually have a quiz so it'll be a lot more exciting um, but yeah are you ready for your starting 11 I'm ready I mean not sure because like, not because we haven't really I don't think we've ever played them in like any cup games recently so there's not really any games that stand out yeah there? a lot of the league games have been a bit boring haven't they but, yeah. Um, but, yeah but this is a while ago Blabber. so, so long ago. it's the 4-2 win at Ewood in 2007 oh, Rob <laughs> I'm going to make it tough after you've I'm cheated in the last couple I, I'm, I didn't cheat at all right 2007 so we're going 3-0 in that yeah Left back, Stephen Warnock. Stephen Warnock is left back. Oh, good start, very, very nice. <laughs> um, centre halves. Uh... Oh dear. <laughs> you say Samba, but it might be too early. Samba. Samba is one. The other one's got six letters. Nelson. No. I'll try the right back Lucas Neal nope Andy Todd no it's seven seven who could that be his first position wasn't right back Emerson yeah yeah <laughs> surprising um, oh, four in midfield you got a seven on the right, five and six in the middle, and a four on the left. Uh, right, so Pedersen's going to be one. No? no. Yeah. Uh, Pedersen's eight letters, so... Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think like that, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> telling you the letters for no reason. Well, Dunn came back in 2017, he's done there. Yeah, Dunn's on the left. So what are the two uh, centimetres? Six and five. Savage? Yep. 
Five. 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 You look, you look so, two go. Yeah. He, he, scored the world there. Yeah, that was the. Uh, yeah, that was the game he scored that that goal in, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's 4-4-2 then, yeah. So yeah. Two up top. Uh, Do the numbers? Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is one, yep. Would it be too early for Roberts? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's an eight up front with Santa Cruz. Um, eight up front. We're having a special guest is next week. Best, best not be cheating. <laughs> no revision. <laughs> We're doing a proper quiz. I'm not, I'm not sure. I've just gone blank for that striker. Uh, Benny McCarthy. Benny McCarthy. Yeah. It's what we got left. We got a seven on right midfield and a six at centre back. Seven on right midfield. Um. This one that played about a lot of games. Yeah. I think, I think he might have Bentley. scored this game as well. Yeah, David Bentley. Um, six of centre half. Did you see the uh, clip this morning for Dunn's birthday? His goal against Everton away this season. Uh, well, I, I, know, I know the goal. I haven't seen the clip. You're on Twitter this morning. Dunn's birthday today? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I saw it was the Santa Cruz's birthday. Santa Cruz's birthday. Yeah. Yesterday or today? Oh. Yeah, it might have been done yesterday though, but yeah, they definitely showed the clip of his uh, goal against Everton, but the guy that you're missing scored the winner that day. Go on. Andre Ayer. Oh, right, yeah. What a player. What a player! Well, I mean, ten out of eleven. That's not too bad. To, ten out of eleven, to, not too bad now. So I was like four years old. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll have a proper quiz next time. Uh, I don't know when next time will be, so I don't think we'll have time to record one before the Sheffield United game. No, it'll be after Sheffield United, won't it? Um, mm. When the uh, when the hangover's uh, cleared up. It's probably Wednesday. Then. <laughs> yeah. Um, make sure you follow on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, um, and give us a follow on Twitter as well. Uh, it's at Kidder St. Noise in it. Yeah. On uh, on Twitter. So uh, yeah, and we'll be back uh, on Monday. All right. We'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. <laughs>